0: Kind of music, uh, I had no choice but to be inspired and, uh, I just asked God, like if when people if when I sang it and people heard it, would it move men's souls? And I decided to go with it. Not till hell freezes cold, or my tears turn to gold, the police switch on their own. I know I'll never huh, I never fall no, 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 yeah. Sometimes life is too fast, sometimes love is too fast, and you swerve and you crash now. You don't know. Where to go? Set your love, frick. Set your love.
1: My next guest originates from Tacoma, Washington. He has gone on to work with talented artists such as Joel Ortiz, and even gets invited to the Grammys. He is fresh off the release of his debut album, Take Your Time, which is available on all major platforms. It's my pleasure to introduce Black Soul. Yeah,
0: yeah, why they gotta make it so hard for a nigga to build up and get it how we live, doing what we want for a living. But if it was easy, then everyone would be on a picker. shit, there's something so wrong with everyone being on, my nigga. I fuck with heaven, it's be with with Yeah, yeah, Face yourself. Don't ever let your ego make you think you need no.
1: Everybody needs some help. From time to time. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm with... A very special guest, the one and only Black Soul. Here we go. Yes, sir. How's it going, man? <laughs> Pretty good, man. I'm, I'm actually excited to talk to you, man. Like I, I saw, I listened to the. Um, so is it? It's pronounced Joel Ortiz, right? I'm terrible with them um, people's names. Yeah, from. Joel Ortiz. Got it, dude. That mm-hmm. album was fire because I've been listening to him for, to, for, for him to a while for a while now, and um, I just sometimes I just never get like rappers' names down. So like I always hear it in my head, uh, not loud. I'm like, fuck. Got you. <laughs> yeah make sure i'm pronouncing it right yes dude and how did you get that connection even because like you've been working with some big players in the game and what i what i like to see is like when um, older rappers like build like real connections with like up-and-coming artists i love to see that and Mm -hmm. i've seen you've done that with a few artists so how did that one come to be
0: Man, it's been a blessing, to be honest. Um, When I worked out my partnership with uh, Mellow Music Group, he had already uh, released some records through Mellow Music Group. Mm. And at the time, he was working on it, finishing up his album um, titled Monday. And that was fresh off of the finalizing of our partnership. So he was in need of a hook for a certain song on that project. And so the owner of the label connected us and was like, well, I think Black Soul can deliver the type of hook that you're looking for. And then since we linked up on that, you know, when it came time for me to finish my "Take Your Time" album, uh, he was willing to give me a verse uh, for the song, and it just just worked out perfect. Dang,
1: and uh, that's that's yeah. That his album he just released that chart that topped the charts also it was like. Number three or yeah, like yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think it peaked at number uh, number two. Number two on the hip hop charts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he had some crazy competition that week. It was it was like last week or something. But he had like Freddie Gibbs, he was up against him. I was like, Yeah,
0: that's who that's who was
1: at that's who had uh held the number
0: one spot down on this song mm. <laughs> But man, it was just a, a, a privilege to be a part of that project. You know, I've been a fan of theirs, uh uh Joel and crooked Eye for a while, um, you know, from the Slaughterhouse movie mm-hmm. and uh you know Joel also has his own experiences working with Dre. so it's been uh, it was it was just dope to be a part of I'm glad he reached out mm-hmm.
1: So how long have you so how what age group are you in by the way cuz I feel like you're you're on I feel like you're on the younger side but like you're able to work with these bigger artists so like are you like in the
0: I got a young spirit
1: man I got a young spirit <laughs> Yeah I'm 32 What? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah I'm 32. I started this journey probably about 2008.
1: Wow. Yeah. When did
0: it start yeah. when did it
1: start paying off for you then like li- Um
0: <laughs> I'll probably say in terms of paying off like once I started crossing over into like working with some of the more major artists it was probably like around 2016
1: 2017. Mm. And that's
0: what the Yeah, so it took some time. You got to put your For sure. 10,000 hours in.
1: For sure do you do you follow the up-and-coming artists like i see that you like on instagram you follow like um town entertainment and like ellis prescott do you pay attention like the little moseys and i try
0: to i try to tap in to see what's going on and, and you know um a lot of times when i come back home and visit like they'll um i reach out to a few of the local artists around and, and try to get some sessions in with them get some records done you know answer any questions that they may have or even try to help um contribute to maybe their um their knowledge of their recording process to help better it if i can in any way so mm. i try to be an open book for anybody that wants to learn because i feel like i've learned a lot of things over the course of time um, that i've put in for my career and i'm not one of those people that believe in having to withhold that information like i like to share it as much as
1: possible yeah man and it's it's crazy to hear something you say that because um what i've been noticing and the one reason i started my podcast was because i didn't really see their being like a lot of music outlets for Seattle mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I started to notice that there's like a lot of clickiness but then it's cool to see like artists that have kind of solidified their name to say like oh yeah I'm, I'm here to share my information with other people you know so that's a good sign yeah
0: <laughs> I know it's um I feel like it's a lot better now than it was when when I first started out mm. um it was real clickish back then but I also feel like there was a lot more outlets for independent artists to get out there and showcase their talent. Cause there was like literally like showcases every weekend. Mm. Um, Now, nowadays I don't really hear about it too much, but what is dope to see is a lot of um, artists um, among the same age groups collaborating from between Tacoma and Seattle, and even as far as Olympia and hopping on shows together putting on projects together, doing a lot
1: of collaborative work and that's dope to see. Mm. So like in two thousand eight, were people kind of saying Tacoma music scene, Seattle music scene, or was it? Everyone yeah, took, pretty okay, much. Okay, so it was always kind of separate in a way.
0: Yeah, even though I, t- I was one of the artists, I was actually able to break through because Seattle showed me a lot of love early when I um when I first started. Um, I started doing open mics at uh, U-Dubs. They had a retro. retro I was
1: like,
0: yeah, yeah. So at the time where I started doing it, it wasn't it wasn't as highly attended as it is now. Mm-hmm um but like after a a few a few sessions and i started to build a little following like it was packed out and when i first started popping up to the uh retro nights it was like showtime at the apollo i was seeing people get booed i was seeing people get laughed at yeah it wasn't as nice like i went i feel like i went maybe within the last three or four years Mm -hmm. just to see how it had elevated and grown and it's a lot more nice a lot more <laughs> you know politically correct now but back then it was ruthless. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah.
1: so do you do you fall in like a macklemore's is like age range like did you guys like ever cross paths then or
0: no he's older than he's older than i am. Mm. yeah I, I think he's like don't quote me like around 35 36 something like that mm. got it yeah so yeah so we didn't really cross paths
1: something that i um I saw on the news and then I'm trying to like connect with some of the artists who are doing it. I guess Seattle is doing a gala, not a gala. Yeah, it's like a gala type deal but it's like all online and they're like, it's a um, concert with like, it's like Macklemore, all these other like Seattle names like Sir Mix-A-Lot and, um, but the thing is, I'm not here. But the thing is, there's like, 10 or 15 artists that I have no idea who they are but I guess they're like popular like in the 90s or 80s even oh really oh, they're, they're
0: older artists yeah. I, I haven't even heard of it so I, I couldn't even tell you like I don't know the names to be able to tell yeah, oh, it's, called,
1: it's called a it's called a benefit a benefit event con, benefit concert something like that and um okay I was just thinking it's it's weird to me because I'm because I see like all these artists working in in Seattle whether it's going to like retro throwing their own events or getting connected with different venues and I just mm-hmm. I feel like it's weird like for like a, a Seattle benefit event to not have like up and coming artists and they do highlight like, you know, Macklemore, but he's not an up and coming artist anymore. He's like one of the faces. Right. I just think.
0: Yeah, that, that is interesting. I'm not I'm not sure why that is. Um, a lot of times I think sometimes people expect uh, the powers that be to be putting these shows together to be more familiar or more engaged with the up and coming community than they are. Mm. Um, so it could be just a matter of miscommunication. I'm not exactly sure because I myself, I haven't even heard about it, but I haven't been home in you a little bit. Mm. So
1: so yeah, I, I was a, uh, so I listened to your other one interview you put out the other day and they were saying that you're like in Washington, right? When this corn uh, coronavirus thing started breaking out and it was, yeah, it was crazy. Cause I, um, I, I recently moved up to Snohomish and like one of the first cases was like in Snohomish. And I was like, oh. "Me and my family were like, you know what? This is just going to be like a another type flu. It's not going to be a big deal." And then now we're here. Right? Like, what the heck? I feel like a
0: lot of us, a lot of us thought that way, mm. and then you know that's why it was it, it spread as fast as it did because um, I don't think a lot of people were taking it as serious as they should have, or in taking the necessary precautionary measures early. Mm. So then by the time everybody wanted to start wearing their masks and social distancing, it was already like a full blown pandemic. So Yeah.
1: So I, I've been I don't hear anything about it on the news or anyone really talking about it. Like, but I feel like this 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 the coronavirus is definitely gonna be affected during these like riots and protests. We don't hear anything about it. Like, what do you think about that? Do you think it's gonna spread and people are just not focusing on that?
0: Uh I think we're we're gonna see. I I, I do know that, you know, the, a part of the reason why we're not hearing about it is because uh, everybody's more focused on, you know, social justice and, and protesting. So people aren't really in the hospital getting tested anymore, mm. like they once were. When you know everybody was just at the house trying to monitor this potential symptoms. Everybody's out, you know, with a different focus now. So um, I guess we'll know here in a, in a few weeks because they say <sighs> once you contract it, it takes like fourteen days for it to actually set in. So mm.
1: I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. What are your uh, what are your opinions on Seattle rioting about like all these uh Black Lives Matter things? Cause I um like I, I see on like the social media. It's I see like it's a the majority of the crowd is kind of like white. So I thought that was like interesting like I guess it's so support for the black community, mm-hmm. but then other things you see like uh memes or things of uh, influencers are taking pictures and fake spray painting or fake nailing up boards and stuff. So like it's just a yeah. big mumbo jumbo of everything together you know and yeah i just feel like minneapolis is like on the o- other side of the board but do you think seattle should be protesting or what do you think i
0: think that um martin luther king said it best is like uh, uh, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere mm. and i don't have a problem necessarily with anybody protesting or trying to show different ways to contribute to the overall goal which is you know, trying to get social justice across all 50 states and across the globe. Um, I think, you know, just like anything, the pursuit of justice evolves over time. So whereas it was um, a lot more divided in the outrage, I think now it's finally gotten to a point or it's finally grown to a point where um, a lot of white people are, are taking ownership and are taking accountability for the privilege that they have and the things that they allow to pass through as, normal. Mm. And so I think that's why that, that contributes to a big part of why you have such a diverse crowd out there protesting for the same thing now. Um, I, in protests, man, in, in, anything, any pursuit of justice has a lot of moving parts. So it's not one specific thing that's going to carry us to the home, to the promised land. You know what mm. I mean? So the protest is, a, is, a, is an important part because that's what grabs the ears of the legislators and the government officials that make them sit down and go, okay, we have to turn an ear to this now because it's impacting our bottom line. It's impacting our way of life. And so we have to listen to these people at some point. Mm -hmm. And so, but I I think we're far from the work being done. So it's like, once we get their attention and once we can get in these boardrooms and we can get in these caucuses and have these conversations about actionable items that we can um, put into action moving forward, it's like, okay, now that's the next step. And how do we proceed in that direction? Mm Uh, so I guess to address your question, even though it didn't happen directly in Seattle, um, I think there's been histories of it happening at some point everywhere. And um, it was just one of those things where the Minnesota case with George Floyd happened to be the straw that broke the camel's back and had everybody across, you know, across the map saying, okay, okay enough is enough like mm-hmm. it's time to really get out here and make some noise and stand up for what we believe in and let them know this is not okay we're not going to accept this anymore
1: for sure it's just a it's definitely a combination of everything whether it's that the guy that was running like on that jog and he got shot by those white guys and the,
0: yeah about uh about Arbery. Yeah, whether yeah. it's
1: that the actual quarantine being stuck in for multiple months it's just everyone's heated it's it's,
0: it's it, I think that contributes a lot to it, too, because in in looking at the differences, I was just having a conversation with my friends about this the other day and looking at the differences between like the uh, Ferguson scenario and now in because a lot of us felt like that Ferguson situation um, was going to be like the straw that broke the mm-hmm. camel's back. But a lot of people were still in fear of losing their jobs, still having to go to work and still trying to find time mm-hmm. throughout the day to be able to protest since we've all been on quarantine, nobody's been going to work, everybody's been in the house, we all got time today, (laughs) everybody got time. So now everybody's finding different ways to contribute because they can focus all their time and attention to Mm. it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, I didn't even think about that, that people were not out of work at that point. Nah,
0: people were still trying to balance between work life and not wanting to lose their job and not wanting to be too radical. Mm. So, you know, people still have mouths to feed, but since the pandemic has happened, everybody's been home for the last three four months anyway so everybody had time Dang.
1: so how has your um your music schedule changed because like i see that you're like still going to the studio but is like everyone there like really cautious or how is that all working out
0: yeah super cautious i mean it's um me, it's a private studio so it's not like open to everybody just um the people that are involved with the with the studio um excuse me with the studio label mm-hmm. um but i mean it's it's changed everything it's changed the dynamic for Everybody I know that's been trying to release music and create music during this time. You've had to change your schedules. You've had to adapt to, you know, whereas we would do a press release and and pull up to the radio stations and, you know, pull up to the podcast sites. Mm -hmm. Like now everything's gone virtual. So it's just trying to figure out a way to stay creative and to stay present and to find different types of content to keep people engaged um, without ignoring what's going on. Because, uh, you know, to act like, we don't see what's going on when it's every time you open your phone up, every time you turn the TV on, this is what's present. And, you know, living, you know, our life every day, I live my life every day as a black man. So I, for me to act like I don't see what's going on or, or to be impacted or influenced by, it, you know, would be neglectful mm-hmm. at best. I mean, at, at the least.
1: Mm-hmm. It's weird. Cause uh, I feel like at this point, if you did release like a, if anyone was like to release an album right now and didn't mention things that were going on, even if the album was like, shelled for a few months or years it would come off its tone down. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like
0: you know nobody That's that's the tough part like it's even slowed the way like even like the feature um work that i've done on like the joe T's album and whatnot like i've even had to slow down how i um i've even had to slow down how i campaign for it and, and post about it because i just know that that's not what people want to hear right now mm. you know that's that's so you got to be sensitive to the fact. And, um, you know, this is an important time. This is a, a time to amplify our voices and talk about what counts. And I'm not against that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm all for it. So, you know, I, I feel like everything happens in, in its right time. And, you know, things will come back around and, and, and become a more opportune time for me to get back to campaigning for the music and keeping people t- tapped in.
1: Yeah, for sure. I've, um, At first, I felt like I felt weird about the protest, especially because... Like um, I have to like, make sure my family's are fine. Like I don't want to go to the protest or I, I get hurt or like I bring back the virus or something and then like infect my family. Right,
0: right. So I'm just like. One hundred percent.
1: But I am like a black guy, so I and like literally the other day it made me think about these protests because uh, so like I live in this like area called like it's 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 like the secluded area in Snohomish, and um, mm-hmm. so we like go for walks like every day. It's like a night. Nice, you don't have to worry about anything. It's like in the woods. It's nice. Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm. this like white guy pulled up pulled up to us like two days ago in a cadillac Mm -hmm. and it was like it was the sun was starting to set so i i guess like it was i guess he i could understand his worry kind of but he like came up to us Mm -hmm. in his car pulled up to this and was like do you live here and we're like what and he's like show us show me what house you're in and we're like no we're not going to do that like he was like and then like he like he could tell that we were offended and that we actually lived here, even though, like, I've definitely seen this guy in the Cadillac in the neighborhood before. But he was like, mm-hmm. he marked it up to, oh, these are unsettling times, you know? Like, but it's just weird that I feel that racial tensions are going to be more divided during these protests, but in the sense that the racist people are, you're going to actually see them and then. They're going to be mm-hmm. more blatant, and the people who actually care, like the people that are, the white people that are actually showing up to these protests, you are going to see that those are the mm-hmm. ones that actually care about us as well. You know, so I think
0: right, I, I agree with you. It's going to it's going to be very telling for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of that guy, I mean, and those and alike, it's a lot of people that just don't know how to mind their business. You know what I mean? If they're not stumbling upon somebody in the act of committing a crime, and they're just too minding their business, like you guys probably were, mm-hmm. keep it pushing. <laughs> I don't know the need i don't I don't understand personally that need for like the uh permit patties and the and the, the carers always want to get involved in situations that just don't aren't an immediate threat to them like mm. i I don't know that's beyond my psyche but
1: yeah. That's
0: um, that's unfortunate that you guys even had to deal with that, yeah. <laughs> especially right now. Because it's like, are you living under a rock? Do you not see like everything that's going on? You're not. Are you just that insensitive to what's going on?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's crazy, man. But yeah, it's I, I it's yeah. I think that things are gonna change for sure. I don't know if it's gonna happen right away or not, but I think this, mm-hmm. this will be definitely be like a whole thing that is for the history books. You know?
0: Yeah, definitely. It's um, man. It's, it's some of the most historic times. I think. Uh, we're seeing in our generation, and even in you know speaking with older um, older people that have from the generations of like the original protests and the civil rights movement, and just seeing how the same issues are still present. It's just like it almost feels like even when you look at the the pictures and videos that have been taken from now and then, it's like it's the same scenarios, just the clothes have been updated, <laughs> <laughs> like literally. And it's it's sad because you think we're in the age of information and technology um social media everything is so prevalent in in 2020 but we're still dealing with these age old um social understandings and and limitations or or limited mindsets for people and i'm just glad that you know we're in an age where everybody's bold enough to say enough is enough Mm -hmm. and i just hope that people don't lose this energy like because it's a marathon it's not a sprint so there's still cases that are ongoing all over the world, like even in the midst of yes. the riots and protests happening. Like there's still new cases popping up every day. So this is not something that's just like okay, when George Floyd's case sees justice, we're done, or um, Manuel Ellis uh, or Manuel Ellis in in Tacoma that just happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, when that case sees justice, that is over. Like this is going to continue to be an ongoing thing, and I think that we have to change our mindsets in terms of um, how willing we are to be informed of the process of um, legislation and the processes of, of our local government, who's in place, who's doing what, and making sure that we're supporting initiatives that directly impact our community for not just now, but for the long time. Mm-hmm. For sure. um, all of that's very important.
1: Yeah, people need to like read up on what these protests are actually about and like, what changes they actually want to see, not just Black Lives Matter. These just protesting, you have to know what you're protesting about, the changes you actually want to see taking place, you know?
0: A a prime example, I saw, I don't know if you happen to get it, but there was like a chain email link going around on Instagram that was like pre-filled out for people to um, email their local government Mm. uh, or the local government from Minneapolis to make sure that you're petitioning for a manslaughter charge. But I was like, if you're doing your research and you're, and you're keeping up with the case, you understand this is a, a, it's a murder charge that we should be going for. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people that didn't even bother to read the, the um, pre-constructed email all the way through and they missed that part. So I was pointing it out to a lot of people. So with, with all of the emotions and everything running high, it's like very important that you still take time and read everything through, especially if you're going to attach your name to it. For sure.
1: Espe- especially mm-hmm. if they're uh if they release any new phones during this time, you want to make sure they're reading up all the on the security details and everything. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Figure out what's going on. Yeah, man. I'll just agree to anything. <laughs> <For> sure,
1: man. <laughs> well, what is some advice that you have for t- Tacoma artists and artists in Seattle? Um, the advice I have
0: is, is is just stay diligent. You know what I mean? Like the game is gonna test you in a lot of ways. And if this is something that your heart's really set on, you just have to em- learn to embrace the journey. I think a lot of times we get um, caught up in the wrong understanding, and that's that if we do A, then B should happen. Mm. If we do C, then D should happen. That's not always the case. You could be doing a lot of things that are setting you up for the future that because you're not seeing immediate results from, you think things aren't working. And that could be the complete opposite. You know what I mean? So don't be afraid to put those hours in. Don't be afraid to get out there and mess up um, because you're gonna learn a lot. You can plan all day long. That's not gonna eliminate the possibility of of error. Mm. Like you're still gonna mess up at some point. So in knowing that, be fearless, jump out there, try new ideas, see what works, make note of what doesn't work so that you don't make those same mistakes again and continue to push, collaborate. I've been seeing a lot of artists collaborating, which is good and also, don't take things personal in terms of collaboration opportunities. Um, where, sometimes ego gets in the way yeah. and where you may see yourself in, in terms of skill-wise or in, in terms of fan base-wise may not match or be a mutual uh, mutually beneficial situation with the person that you aspire to collaborate with. And it's not a bad thing. You just have to step outside of your own ego, you know what I mean? And, and, and understand that it also has to make business sense too. And so, if you approach it that way, I think you'll be fine. Mm. Like a lot of us, you know, get out of the understanding that it is a business as well because we're so in love with the art. But I think as long as you you stay cognizant of all those things, you'll be fine.
1: For sure, it's a, it's definitely it's definitely a grind. No matter who you are, you know, you, except yeah, that's, success doesn't come overnight. Don't cut any corners. Mm-hmm.
0: Nah, success does not come overnight. And even oftentimes where we feel like oh, we haven't seen this person before. They must have just got started. Nine times out of ten, this person has been grinding for the last ten years. We're just getting <laughs> hip to them now because they've reached a big enough platform where you can't ignore them now. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it just takes time, man. For sure.
1: Well, once you're back in Seattle, whether it's um tour or anything, I'd love you to stop at my studio and we'll do a full-on interview. You know, my
0: um. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. My
1: goal for the my podcast overall is to end up being more like a a mixture between a Joe Rogan and a Breakfast Club where we're talking about hip-hop, but it can end up being three hours long, you know? Things like that.
0: Right, yeah,
1: yeah. Depending on where the conversation yes. is, I'm, I'm <laughs> all
0: for it. I'm gonna definitely stop by, man, and check you out when I get back in town, awesome. for sure.
1: Well, I appreciate this, and uh, what's the easiest way to reach you?
0: Uh, I try to keep it easy, man. All one-stop shop. That's Black Soul Music. That's B-L-A-K-K Soul Music. Um, all across the board, you can find me. Awesome.
1: Well, this is the NAS podcast with black songs there we go thank you so much and stay safe
0: all right thank you for having me you too